0: grades 5th through 12th, we have a special and dismiss our youth to their time of teaching. So if you are in grades 5th through 12th, we have a special teaching time for you. Um, thanks for being in here worshiping with us and, uh, and leading with us as well because our youth are not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And uh, so we love our youth here. And uh, we're going to get into our own time of teaching here. So if you want to Open your Bible this morning to the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians. Uh, that's in your New Testament. If you have the app, you can open it on there as well. Uh, if you need a Bible, put up your hand and we'd be glad to give you one of these, uh, one of these Bibles. Um, we want everyone to have a Bible so that you can learn, uh, that you can go read for yourself and let God continue to teach you uh, throughout the week, not just in what I say to you this morning. Um, Today we're beginning a conversation, a four-week conversation on the topic of generosity. Now, uh, we probably have this notion that generosity is a good thing, but in this conversation we're going to talk about the fact that uh, generosity is God's thing. And and, uh, it's not going to be kind of our typical, uh, we talk about giving and money in the church type thing. Uh, No, in fact, throughout this series, I hope that we uh, continue to grow from a place where giving, you know, offering time that can sometimes be a little bit uh, guilt-ridden, okay, I have to give, uh, or the person next to me is looking at me, so I have to do something here, um, to a place where we say, I don't have to give, I get to give. Uh, and a place where we look more than just kind of giving to a church, that we look at how we give through a church. And I am uh, very excited about this series as we get going, um, because I I think God wants to do something in our lives and in our hearts. So uh, I'm going to start by reading a scripture to us um, from 2 Corinthians, and then we'll pray, and then we'll continue on from there. Uh, In 2 Corinthians, this is uh, a call that is put to a church in the city of Corinth. Um, And the Apostle Paul, as he writes, he points to the example of another church, uh, a church in Macedonia, uh, that is doing this particular well. And so he puts out the call uh, to be generous, and this is what he writes. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus, who was there in the Corinthian church, uh, to uh, complete what he started. So he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. God, uh, thank you for bringing us together this morning. Uh, Your grace is sufficient for us. We've come from lots of different places, lots of different concerns on our minds uh, as we come together, but we're gathered here, and you welcome us, God. Uh, As our Heavenly Father, you welcome us to come to cry out to you when we're hurting, uh, to be encouraged by you when we're struggling, uh, and to be challenged by you, to live as you have called us. God, you have been so generous to us in the gift of your son, Jesus, as well as the many practical blessings that we experience here in this land and in this city and on this campus. Um, And God, we want to learn what it is to live in view of your generosity. So God, uh, come, teach us. May I be a spirit-empowered speaker May we all be spirit empowered listeners uh, to your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was May. 2010 that I remember being captivated by something that I watched unfold day after day after day. See, in April 2010, there was an explosion on an oil rig down in the Gulf of Mexico, the Deepwater Horizon. And day after day, maybe you like me watched this video as you woke up to the morning news and the pipeline that had burst below that. And it just continued to spew out day after day, natural gas, oil, a total of about 319 million barrels of oil by the time it was all said and done 87 days later. Now, I don't even know what 3 million barrels of oil looks like, um, but it's a lot. And and, um, as an environmentalist, uh, I could tell you about all the lasting effects of oil on the marine ecosystem, um, but what really captivated me in watching uh, this video was the fact that day after day, I was like, is it ever going to stop? It seemed like this endless flow that unless we get down there and do something about it and cap it out, it's just flowing. Now, I've been here in this church for 14 years. I tell you, there's, a, there's another unending flow that I have witnessed, and it is the unending flow of God's goodness and God's provision towards his people. And as I have watched over these years, I've had that same feeling of wondering, Okay, God, what, what is going to stop you? What, what are we going to encounter that will uh, kind of shut, shut it down? Because it's flowing. I'll tell you, over the years, no matter what the need, we've needed people, we've needed leaders, we've needed resources, finances, we've needed places to meet, places to, to store stuff. And, and just say, every time God, God shows up, And his goodness has continued to flow. And uh, as a pastor here, you know, I want to say to us, unlike kind of the oil disaster where it's like we desperately need to stop that, um, as we look at the unending flow of God's goodness, I think our question becomes not how do we stop that, but how do we more fully unleash that? How, as a church, do we take what God is able and willing to do and maximize that for his good? Because I'll tell you, as a church, um, we are not just here to kind of take God's blessings in here, but we are to allow God's blessings to flow through us. And as he blesses us and as he provides, our question needs to be, how, as a church, do we maximize the generosity that we can overflow with to the world around us? Because we are in a world of need. And I pray that that would be our desire and our hope of saying, how is it that we maximize our impact on the world, That way that God is able to flow through us? Now, here's what we believe. Um, We believe that we have a generous God who has called us to be a generous people. And we've sung about it this morning. Uh, about God's generosity. Maybe we didn't sing that. I don't know if there's any worship songs that really talk about generosity, but uh, we talk about God's grace. We talk about his beautiful, unending love, his mercies uh, towards us, that we have received the good news of Jesus, and then uh, that also practically, God provides and has blessed us. I mean, just think about our lives, the land that we dwell in, the freedoms that we encounter, the education that we're able to receive, the houses that we're able to dwell in, the possessions that we're able to have just because we live in this place. A God has been generous to us first and foremost spiritually through his son Jesus. He's been exceedingly generous and blessed us. And so the question for us comes that if God has been so generous towards us, how do we grow to be a generous people that we might be conduits to a world in need? The need of the world is so great. The need of our city here is so great. The spiritual need and the physical need. And so uh, we, look that we believe that there's a reason that God planted a church here in Davis called Discovery. And it's not just so that we can come and receive from him, but that we receive from him and then we live for him in this world. We have a generous God, my friends. And he has called us to be a generous people. Now, as we look at the, the struggles that we have with generosity, kind of our starting point. I mean, just, I remember, you know, that pipeline was about 5,000 feet under uh, the sea, which made it so extremely difficult and such a big struggle to get that thing capped off. We face some of the same struggles, difficulties, as we seek to unleash our generosity uh, struggles corporately as a church. Some of the struggles, some of the barriers that we face uh, can be, we can be very inward focused, right? The needs seem endless. We show up here on Sundays, we have, we have needs for ourselves, and uh, we just want to get our needs met. As a church, we have uh, budgets, we have things that we need to get, so we get, can get very turned inward. And we are called to be an outward people, okay? First receive from God and then allow His work to flow through us we can also um, lose focus as a church we can lack awareness okay maybe we just didn't know that God was so generous uh, towards us and we need to look at his word and be reminded as we lose focus what can happen is we can kind of maybe be a little bit generous here and there and and we are very generous people I know we give to many uh, different uh, things but as a church corporately Um, We want to be aligned together for a maximum focus. It's kind of like I have this, uh, you know, I I water my plants. I'm not much of a gardener, but I know they need water. Um, And uh, so I have this sprinkler head that has like 20 different settings on it. And I know that when I want to water the, the lawn that I use like kind of the little sprinkler setting that kind of drips out nicely like a little rain drizzle that we don't get often here in California. But when I want to power wash something, I put it on the jet mode. And you know the difference? The same amount of water is coming through that hose, but it's the way that it's aligned. Either we sprinkle a little bit here, we sprinkle a little bit there, or we come together, and that jet stream really makes a difference. It changes things. And so as a church, we need to look like, what is our our focus? How do we come together with all the resource God's given us to align to what God has for us? And I think sometimes we lack joy. Okay, sometimes the uh, offering is a time like, all right, we, we have to give. Um, and sometimes even, uh, I'll confess that as a, as a church, we sometimes uh, handle it that way. Where the reality is we need to grow in joy and see the, the joy in being part of what God is doing. That ultimately, when it comes down to being generous, it's not like, shoot, I always need to sacrifice. I need to sacrifice. I need to sacrifice. Uh, You know, this is just a discipline. This is just a discipline. No, God has invited us in his grace to be part of what he wants to do in this world, to change things, to meet practical needs, to share the good news of the gospel that is uh, life-transforming, eternity-transforming. And we get to be a part of that. That should be something that we are cheerful about and that we actually enjoy I know there's struggles that we have, not only corporately, but individually. And sometimes, and speaking for myself in this as much as you, we get selfish. There's things that I want. And if I'm going to give, it is going to take some sacrifice of what I want for something else. And I I struggle with that selfishness. Sometimes I want to build up my family's kingdom. You know, I I want my kids to have what they want. Uh, You know, we want what we want. We want to build up our, our kingdom rather than advancing and building up God's kingdom, which is the ultimately lasting kingdom. You know, we can struggle with um, fear and trust. In fact, we're going to talk in this series, and we're going to talk about being generous, and I know it's going to be, but I have these bills to pay. I have these debts that I owe. Will God really come through? And this is an amazing thing. God actually calls us in, in his word to test him in this. Test his provision. See if it ever runs out. Now, we grapple with that trust, and we need to grow in that trust. We need to grow in principles of stewardship, because if we're racking up the debt and we're uh, slaves to uh, the, the lender and the credit cards calling us, then we may not be actually free to unleash generosity. And for those of us um, that are still younger, and, and I like to think that even if you're 50 or 60, you still have a lot of Good years ahead. Maybe if you're 70, you still have a lot of good years ahead that God wants to use and, and bless you. But for those of us that look and say we're we've still got like you know 50, 60 years ahead, um, the needs of today are not the ultimate end. No, think about what at the end of our days, how we steward with the end in mind, the eternal goal. Right now is the time that we can make some changes and learn some things. So. In this four weeks, we're really on a journey. We're having a conversation about generosity. We're at a starting point now. But I pray, I pray, I pray that God leads us to grow in generosity. As we grow in an awareness of him, as we learn his word uh, about how generous he has been to us, that we would move from even being faithful givers and sacrificial givers to joyful, cheerful givers where it is a joy to give. We learn some principles in our lives for how we make a change in this world. At the end of this series, it's four weeks, June 5th, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna celebrate sending out a lot of missionaries. We're gonna celebrate being open-handed with people. Um, we're gonna take a special offering four weeks from now. And all of that offering is gonna go to some generosity goals, where it's all gonna go not to meet needs in here, but to meet needs out there. And there's some big things we're going to give to. We're going to give to the work in Haiti that we've been a part of. Or we're going to give to some kind of local family foster care things. And then we want to hear from you. If you're seeing needs out there where you say, hey, I see these needs. I want to be generous in this way. We want you to come to us, to talk to us. We'll go kind of through social media and email to give you the avenues to to do that. But be thinking about if you were to say, this is what I want to be generous about. Let's, let's go. Let's be generous about those things. So we'll take one big offering at the end. So, but right now, I'll be praying about that. Think about what God has for you. Think about how he would change you during this series. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because hey, here's the thing. You may be new here. You may be newer here. But again, I've told you over the year, you've seen glimpses of it. You've seen some of the, the work in Haiti that we've been a part of. You've applauded. You've celebrated. We, I mean, just some of the pictures here. Remember back in December, we gave a bunch of formula, laid it at the foot of the cross. We took it down there, and it went to kids to meet their very real needs. We have a program partnering with Danita's Children in Haiti. Uh, Many of you, we have, I think, about 15 or 16 uh, families that sponsor kids, that uh, surrender uh, $29 a month, just comes out of their checking account, but goes to meet the needs of kids for their education, their medical needs, their their physical things. This this is going on locally. We have some of you that are on the front lines of foster care and adoption and are out there being uh, generous people. This is happening, changing lives. Many of you went out to eye care, and we didn't celebrate that very well here, but uh, you sacrificed time. We came together to pray for the city. That cost time. Uh, you gave your Saturday morning, many of you, in the midst of other things you could do to go out and, and to serve and to make meals for foster families, to go out and to serve in our schools, probably get some blisters on your hands to be out there. And this is, you know, some of the things that have gone on. We have college students. If I could think about the college students over the years that have come in. And many in our church have opened their homes to welcome them in, to walk through life, both joys and challenges. We have international students here that come in and don't know anybody but come to the church and find a community and leave and go back across the globe. Uh, and this is what I'm talking about. This is what is exciting. We, we kind of, we do a little bit here, we do a little bit there. But well, what if we came together as a church to all be generous together and to make a real difference, to understand that we're not just here uh, to get a little bit from God or even to get a lot from God, but to allow him to work through us. We need to define generosity, don't we? Now, if I was to look at a definition, um, this is the definition I found. Generosity is a readiness to give more of something, such as money or time. To give more of something than is strictly necessary or expected. And this definition, which is purely secular, fits very well with what the Scripture said in 2 Corinthians, right? Paul said, we didn't expect this poor church to give very much. They exceeded Because they were eagerly wanting to be a part of that's the definition of generosity. Biblical generosity defined is this. Biblical generosity is giving that is a result of a transformed heart. We give because God loved us first and because we long to love, live, and give as he did. It comes from realizing all that Jesus gave us on the cross. Comes from remembering the teacher of our Lord and our uh, the teaching of our our teacher, our, our Lord and Savior, who said it's more blessed to give than to receive. As we look at the early church that was so uh, enthralled with the gospel, Acts two, it says that they received with glad and generous hearts that what they received flowed through them. That's our definition of generosity. That is giving that results from a transformed heart. That understanding of God's generosity towards us, then we turn towards other. The basis for our generosity is God himself. And as we look at some scriptures, I could go all kinds of places in the Bible because it's everywhere. But let me just give you a few uh, ideas that roots our generosity, that allows us to become generous people. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 14 says, To the Lord belong heaven and the heaven Of heavens. Uh, It sounds like a lot. And it says to the earth belong the earth and all that is in it. God owns everything. He is our creator. He owns it all. He's sovereign over it all. He has it all. So anything that we have is a result only of God giving it to us. And listen to this. Psalm 65. Speaking of God and praising him. It says you visit the earth and you cause it to overflow. You greatly enrich it. The stream of God is full of water. It points to the picture of the earth being watered, to overflowing, full of water. Those are God's streams. He has enough and he wants it to flow. It's an unending flow. And I don't know if that oil would have ever run out, but I know that God's goodness towards us will not. He's promised that we can test him in this. But when we go to the the New Testament, Ephesians uh, chapter 3, just a couple verses that show us the greatness of God's blessing towards us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In Him we have redemption through His blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Meaning that God has a plan that he chooses to lavish his people with his goodness. He wants to give us his grace, spiritual blessing, as well as often earthly blessing and means to be able to work through us, to flow through us. God lavishes us so that we can be filled to overflowing. A few principles for us to grasp. Number one, our source is unlimited. Our source is unlimited. Uh, We've been in a drought here in California, so maybe that sunk into our minds, but we we suffer from thinking of California drought. Uh, We worry that, well, it's going to run out. Uh, Our reservoirs are going to drop down, and so I need to be thinking of building up myself rather than just trusting God wants to fill our reservoirs. And he is able. He owns it all. And so he wants to continue to pour into our lives. But secondly is this. We need to be tapped into his generosity ourselves. We need to be tapped into the generosity of God in Christ. And we just read that he's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ. But many of us sit here and we are feeling like drought. We're feeling dry because we haven't been tapping in to the source. We haven't been turning to Christ. We've been turning everywhere else and we've been floundering. And so certainly we don't feel like we can overflow because we're not being filled. I I have a suspicion that our generosity is a direct indicator of our walk with Christ. And when we struggle with generosity, a lot of it is because we haven't grasped and are not experiencing the generosity that God's given us in Christ. Going back again to Acts 2, looking at that church, they got the gospel and they've received with glad and generous hearts. So where we start with generosity is not just, hey, just try to go out of your meager, whatever you're able to muster up. It goes back to are we connecting, are we tapped into the pipeline ourselves that we are receiving daily of God's generosity towards us in Christ? Finally, i say this, do we understand that we are God's conduit in this world? There's a lot of need in this world. And probably the fact that a lot of that need's not being met is because God's plan is not being fulfilled in his people. Because we have continued to turn, it's not just that we miss out on the blessing, it's that the world misses out on the blessing that God intends for them to have through his church and God said very early on in the Bible, Genesis 12, to a man named Abraham, I will bless you that you might be a blessing to all nations. He's thinking about the coming of Christ, that today we still uh, fill, are filled with Christ, that we might be a blessing to others around us. We are God's conduit in this world. And where we fail, God could do whatever He wants, God can send the, send the rain. He can pour it down on whoever, but he has chosen in his great wisdom to work through his church. And so how are we doing in that? Paul had an exhortation to the church in Corinth um, because they were not being fully generous. And so he put out the call to be generous people. And he exemplified another church the churches in Macedonia, which was another region there, uh, and not, not to make the Corinthian church town feel bad or to glorify anybody else, but he, he speaks about, look how they're experiencing God's grace. I long for you to experience God's grace. I long for that to overflow from you. And so he writes about this example of the Macedonian church. And uh, here's where we see our example. We see that, number one, there was a need that was identified. It was a need that was identified back in 1 Corinthians, which there was a need in the Jerusalem church that was clearly identified. And then secondly, the church was made aware of that need. There was a need that was identified. The church was made aware of that need because sometimes we struggle again where we need to grow corporately is letting the church know where the needs are so that we can respond. Now, if we make the needs aware and we don't respond then that's kind of where we need to look internally. But again, I've seen God's goodness that when needs are made aware, we respond and we've identified needs. And then uh, the church is made aware and generosity overflowed in this Macedonian church. I mean, listening to the the words here, how does this relate to how we usually view giving? It says, uh, even in a severe test of affliction, this was a poor church, extreme poverty. Okay, college students, amen? Okay, Non-college students, amen. Amen. We feel strapped continually. Paul writes, extreme poverty was where this church was at. They didn't have it. It wasn't a rich church that could just, "Ah, I've got some extra on the side. But no, it says that they responded in an abundance of joy. They overflowed in a wealth of generosity. They didn't give because they were made to feel guilty. In fact, they gave more than was expected. Now, look at our giving in that. How do we view our giving? Is it the type where we, I mean, bring it to me. I want to know the needs. I want to be aware so that I can do, it, even if it's just a small fraction, that's all I can give. I know there's some of us out here who feel like, well, I don't make the big paycheck, so even if I were to give a, a percentage of my income, it's not that much. It probably doesn't make any difference. I'll tell you, the times over the years, there's there is one time I remember very vividly, this is before we had online giving and all the technology, I had a college student who was going to be missing a Sunday and mailed in a $10 tithe check to the church to make sure that they carried out faithfully and gave to the Lord what they felt was to be theirs. Now, $10, to be honest, it doesn't go a long way in paying the rent or paying the salary, but it's part of it. And I think what God honors very much is the faithfulness when we show up and we give our little bit It comes together. Those who can give much, have been blessed much, give much. Those who have been blessed much in Jesus but don't have a lot financially, continue to give faithfully. God blesses that. And so I don't want to sit down here and say, Generosity, that's for those who have the money. No, it's for all of us. Some of us give time, some of us give energy, some of us wake up early at 7:30, 8 o'clock every Sunday morning and, and come out here and serve Kit. We give time, which is maybe our most valuable perishing resource. We give of our gifts to come and to serve the body. This is generosity. And if we look at the example of the Macedonian church, uh, we want to let what the, the needs that there are to be known. We want the church to be aware. We want to come together and to be a part of it. Now, I want to give us a, a practical example um, this morning because we're blessed to have one of our missionaries from Haiti here. Um, and Nick, I want to go ahead and ask you if you can uh, come up here. Uh, Nick DeQuesto. Um, Nick is um, really one of my, one of my heroes. Uh, I've never told him this, but, but uh, he is. And, uh, yeah, some of, some of you know Nick. Uh, because you've been down to Haiti. But um, yeah, some of you know the work we've been part of down in, in Haiti. An example of the generosity that as a church has been uh, shown. Nick and his family have been uh, a recipient of that generosity and some of those needs. But um, before that, I just want you to share a little bit. because So uh, Nick uh, and his wife, Sarah, we've got, uh, they went down to Haiti three years ago as a family of five. Um, they are uh, looking at coming back here pretty soon as a family of seven. Um, And uh, so they, three years ago, you were working a good job down in Fresno, California. Uh, You had uh, a a ministry that you were part of. You had three young kids, and you moved down to Haiti. Um, So, and you plan to go down for a year. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about how in the world, like, does a, a family guy decide to move his family down there?
1: Yeah, Great question. Thank you, John. Um, Good morning, everyone. How are you? I want to answer that question carefully because it didn't happen um, with a snap of my fingers, and it didn't happen with a heart that just uh, immediately said yes to God, because that's not um, the human heart, right? You guys all have it. (laughs) And when God asks you to do something, it's not just this instantaneous thing. it was a, a work that God began in me, and it, I would honestly say it took about a year for God to work through my heart to where I was able to spread out my hands and say, okay, God, in the midst of my fear, in the midst of, um, of my fear of bringing my three small children to a developing country, I will go. But uh, practically, it started with, um, there's a uh, His Little Feet uh, International Children's Choir that takes children all around uh, the U.S., and... Um, my wife and I were working a full-time job in Fresno, but I was also pastoring at a uh, at university vineyard across from Fresno State, and we brought this choir to our church, and we hosted some of the kids from Haiti, from this orf- from Danita's Children Orphanage there at our house, and uh, it was after that that my wife and I led a trip down to Haiti from our church, uh, just like you guys take trips down there, and it was on... Um, and then we went back about three months later, my wife and I and our three kids, and we stayed for two two weeks, two and a half weeks. And in the midst of all that, God was just working on my heart, pulling on my heart. And um, and uh, it, it, like I said at the beginning, it led through a lot of fear and a lot of getting over that. But God, um, God did an amazing work in my heart and allowed me to surrender my job, a uh, good-paying job. You know, I got... We had health benefits. you had all that stuff, and give all that up. Sold our minivan, rented our house out, put our stuff in storage, and pulled our kids out of public school there in Clovis, and um, and we went, and we went for a year, and uh, that was in 2013, and uh, now mm-hmm. it's 2016, and um, we uh, we're beginning to transition back this summer, but. Um, yeah, that's how, it, that's how it all began. My wife is actually not here with me this morning. I feel a bit empty. She, uh, we just flew out Friday uh, from Haiti, and my wife is still down there with uh, the little one in my arms, Chrysla, that we're adopting. So,
0: yes, Let me share just a couple things that I know about, about Nick that i experienced. One, uh, he mentioned Chrysla, so what happened was her, her mom died pretty early on in the year that you were down there, and you guys made the decision to adopt her and uh, actually so she's coming back as your your daughter and uh, has been your daughter and um, uh, you lead the teams that you kind of connect with the teams down there the field coordinator so our teams that have gone down Nick meets us at the airport makes it uh, makes just a wonderful kind of uh, environment for us and and loves us I also know that you uh, you and your family basically invited was a 15 of the older girls that kind of live as a family unit uh, down there with them. So those are a couple things I know. Why don't you share with the church just, uh, you know, maybe something impactful, some highlight that you would share uh, from Haiti.
1: Right. Uh, John made mention of this, um, uh, that my wife and I receive teams. That's our job. Is And so when you guys have brought teams down, we're the, we're the receivers, and we take, take everyone on tours down there, and we, um, we do a work of, of overseeing all the teams Um, And that was what we signed up for, for our one-year commitment to go down there from 2013 to 2014. But in all things, God always has another plan that we we rarely seem to catch until we step out. And it was in our stepping out and saying, yes, Danita, we'll come and we'll help lead teams for you on the ground. And it was in that stepping that God brought uh, number one uh, Chrysla into our lives three months after we got there. Um, Actually, we met her our first month that we were there, but uh, three months after we got there, her mom, 26 years old, I am thinking uh, just now probably the most, one of the most impactful moments that I have had on the mission field was um, we cared for her mom for like three months. Her her mom's name was Elidia, um, beautiful lady, sweet lady, but she was dying of uh, HIV complications. And... um, Me and the local pastor down there pastor richard uh, went out to her house she was literally in those of you that have been to haiti um you know the houses are roughly the size of like from here to um, maybe like the third row up right there and then over and it's split into quadrants and and you rent out a quadrant just enough to fit a mattress in and maybe uh, a little table and uh, she was laying on that bed in there and uh, my wife couldn't go she said i can't do it emotionally i need you to go and so I went with our pastor because she was about to die, and um, and we she had, she had given her child to us and said, would you help my child? And here we are holding Chrysla, you know, and figuring this out, and we've only been on the mission field for three months. We're, we're brand new out there. This is not like, you know, some experienced missionaries out on the field doing what what they know how to do, but um, I went with our local pastor, and we prayed over her. I remember I, bought a, I brought a can of uh, bug spray, because my wife said there was a lot of ants, and I sprayed in there, and, um, and um, we sang a song this morning called I Surrender All, and uh, that song is incredibly meaningful to me, because um, me and Pastor Richard, we bent down over her, and we just laid our hands on her, and I started singing it in English, and uh, he started singing in Creole at the same time and um, we just sang that song over her, and she had given her life to Jesus two weeks before she died. One of the younger girls, Jeanette, at our orphanage had led her to the Lord, and um, she had given her life to God. We just sang that song over her. Um, Within two days, she had passed away, 26 years old. HIV is an incredible complication that finds its way through developing worlds, and um, here we were with this child after three months on the mission field, um, asking ourselves, god now what and um we didn't even know if she had hiv or not it was everything was just kind of a a blur at that moment but um come to find out we did testing on her not every child gets hiv passed from the mother to the child and miraculously Chrysla does not have it and um we we have been in the process of adopting her for the last two years, and so that that has probably been one of my most um, impactful moments that I will never forget mm-hmm. my entire life is ushering her into the presence of God, um, the one the girl that I'm adopting, and um, to be able to explain that to her as she grows and as she grows up that I I knew her mom and her mom gave her heart to the Lord, and um, yeah, so that, that that's probably been I think uh, I dropped yeah. my paper They're as I was explaining that.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think uh, that's. I think sometimes some of the fears that if we step out, we wonder what God might actually do through us as, as we go. Um, but He's been gracious throughout. I know just talking with you and hearing, hearing how God's continued to grow you. Um, why don't you tell us quickly about? Uh, Christa had some complications recently um, that really kind of raised a major need for your family.
1: Right. Um so in november of this past year 2015 uh, Krista who had been doing great and growing and thriving began to have some uh, complicated seizures and um, they were really scary for us and she was having breathing problems and these seizures would come out and um, she had three major ones and um, we ended up uh, i was working with uh, brent here in your church Uh, he helped us out a lot over phone conversations and a couple other doctors in the states but um you, uh, your church gave tremendously during that time. We uh, we had medical costs that were just unforeseen as we were taking her over and then to the Dominican Republic. And your church, um, it's funny to hear you guys giving a message on uh, generosity. Just so you know, your church is known on our campus in Haiti as like the most generous church just so you guys know like when you guys when your teams come down like all of us missionaries are like is it discovery are they coming down because we get this wish list from Pastor John that says hey pass this around Nick to all the missionaries and let us know what your wish lists are and so when you guys show up when your team show up it is literally Christmas in Haiti for us and um so you guys yeah you guys are awesome um but during that medical need of chris i know your guys' church gave financially so i just want to publicly say thank you guys um it meant an incredible amount to me and my wife as we're not only supporting a family on the mission field adopting a child internationally on the mission field but then had these uh complicated medical costs that came up and so um yeah thank you guys i appreciate it incredibly and i pray god's blessing on each of you for um, your gift in that way
0: Amen. If, if we think back, church, I, I know there are times when the bags went around, and you know we put put amounts in for this kind of theoretical. Okay, out there, there's some people in Haiti that have some needs. I mean, this doesn't it change things when we actually see. Like this is where that is going to. That there, there's very real need. That there's a family on the mission field. That it, I mean, these guys are the gospel. And part of the reason that that they're heroes to me is that um, I mean, you should see the impact that they have with the kids there. the next generation of Lee. I know we have a lot of you know college students here, and we talk about this a lot. Of of man, impact in the next generation. I mean, they're uh, on there. And when when a family has a need, I mean, those of us who are in families, when our kids go. Go down I mean it's devastating and we don't know where the finances are coming from and and so like this is that that example of of this is where it goes to that is very real God is using kind of that pipeline that flows through Davis to Haiti to people on Absolutely. the ground that, that are making that difference. And we need to keep that in mind because um, that's who we long to be as, as a church, not just kind of a hey, theoretical, this goes to some pot somewhere. No, it, it's to uh, to people that are advancing the good news of Jesus in words and in actions and making a real difference in the world. Uh, difference in the world, there's one other uh, young lady in the picture there. Um, her name's Ludridge, I know. Um, tell her, you guys are getting ready, hoping to transition. You guys can pray for Nick and the DeQuesto family because Chrysla's adoption needs to get finalized pretty quickly, um, and so they're hoping that that can happen in the next couple months, so pray for the family, um, but uh, Ludra's is going to come back with you, yeah. so yeah. why don't you tell us what, what she's going to be doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, so we moved down there as a family of five, like Pastor John said, and um, we're coming back seven, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and could be more at this point, um, but we, God allowed us to move in with the older girls when um when uh, it was about a year ago, a year and a half ago, we moved in with uh, 10 of the older girls. And, um, you know, you talk about stepping out and you talk, we're talking about generosity this morning and opening your heart up to give and to open up to others. Mm -hmm. And there's a fear because you don't want to, you want, you don't want to open up. You don't want to stretch your life because it's comfortable right here, right? This is the comfort spot. But when we go like this, and, and honestly, sometimes it's easier just to give money, right? It's just easier to drop some money and just, Okay, I'm going to go over here. But um, I was honestly fearful as a father to uh, take that step a year ago. We had our own private apartment area down there that we had before, but we moved uh, in with these ten older girls. And as we did that, as we opened our heart, as we opened our arms up to share an actual house, same living area, same dining room area, same kitchen, same uh, living room, To open our hearts up to these uh, young women, Uh, God did a miraculous work in my heart, and I can honestly say that that uh, that year and a half with the older girls was my most privileged, was my most treasured moment of being in Haiti, and will probably end up being one of the most treasured moments of my life. Um, And one of those uh, older girls, uh, Ludridge, um, she's graduated last year, 2015. We've been working to get her into school and so we've been uh, doing all the international paperwork and trying to uh, raise funds for her. And um, God has opened a door for us to bring her back. She'll be coming out in July. And so we're in a family transition of moving back to uh, to California, and we're looking to bring her out in July. And then, like I said, trying to finish up the adoption here. Mm-hmm. But um, I, with that, if I could just share a quick scripture that mm-hmm. God put on my heart. Psalm 68 says that... Um, that God is a father to the fatherless, and um, that's a that's a um, a very near and dear verse to my heart because I, being on the mission field, I've realized that he is a father to the fatherless through me and through you, and he works through people, he works through us, and as we give our lives to him, as we open up our heart, um, whether it's to the widow, to the orphan, to the fatherless, to the needy to the the lonely whatever it is that god's putting on your heart like that's that's the part of you that god god reaches that people through you and um i will never be the same um, for what god the work god's done in my life and my trust levels have deepened my faith has deepened and um and we're so excited to be my wife and i have a dream to these older girls that we have lived with and that call us mom and dad um, that have never had a dad or never had uh, that mom to to bring them to transition them to college most of those older ones are moving in the next three to four years to a a place of wanting to come to college so we're we're honestly believing that god brought us to haiti for three years not only to adopt chrysla work alongside amazing churches like you guys Uh, but also to now become a conduit for these young women to have uh, a home here in the States and to transition to life, college, careers, and a deeper walk with the Lord. So keep us in your prayers. We're excited for this new time. We don't have all the answers figured out yet. Um, We're still lining up a lot of things, but we have a faith in God that he brought us to Haiti, and now he's bringing us back for these purposes. So
0: Absolutely. And when we talk about a pipeline, uh, you know, Dadita's children, you know, it's not just meeting needs for for orphans, but one of those is that leader pipe. I know there's a vision down there for uh, these uh, young people coming, graduating, getting education for those of that, and then coming back to Haiti and making a difference, being uh, Haiti changers there um, in the society there. And so uh, we wanna support that. Um, and so one of our generosity goals throughout that we're gonna give in that offering is going to be, there's actually five that are graduating this, uh, this year, um, and we're gonna give to the college fund of of them. Uh, how many of us know the importance of funds for college and the difference that it makes in our lives? Um, we grasp that very deeply, and we have an opportunity to, to change their life and, and to be part of uh, changing a nation through them. And so we're, that's going to be one of our, one of our goals uh, here is to give generously uh, to the college fund of these uh, people. Actually, one of them there, too, a young man on the right, we are uh, looking at how he might come uh, to our area right here and that we could be a church. That, that supports him and helps him in his quest to, uh, to uh, be educated here as well too. So um, Nick, thank you for uh, being here. Uh, you just flew in yesterday, your family from Haiti. I know you're wiped out, but you're here, you wanted to be here and uh, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse of, of what's happening there. let's, let's thank, God thank you for guys. It. Thank you guys.. Church, I'm going to wrap up and we're going, to, we're going to worship. But here's what we need to understand. There's sometimes when we come to church and we, we applaud the work that the, the church is doing. Um, but, but God's called us to be more than just applauders. God's called us to be part of the work. There's some of us that, that can look back and say, you know what, I was a part of that because I brought one thing a formula. I brought a baby bottle. I dropped a dollar, $10, $500 into, into something, and I was part of that. And we get to be part of this work. And, and that's what we need to understand. When we give uh, individually, sometimes we individually get the credit. When we give as a church, it's not the church that gets the credit, it's Jesus, as we are his church and we're all about his glory. And so when we come together, we are part of his work. And that, that is what excites us, to be able to say, you know what, I'm a part of the work that God's doing. He wants you to be a part of that. He is calling us uh, to grow, to be part of what he is doing through his church. You don't give to discovery, you give through discovery, and you get to be a part of the work that Christ is doing here. So as we move forward in this this series, corporately, we are thinking about, uh, you know, kind of taking the gut check thing. Um, Are we looking too inwardly or are we, uh, do we need to turn our eyes more outwardly? Uh, We've been generous, but how do we get focused? How do we align things practically? How do we get our stuff in order so we can have maximum impact for what God is calling us to do? Individually, personally, you've got to take that same gut check or heart check and, and say, Am I just taking the generosity of God or am I allowing his generosity to flow through me? And so we're gonna be built up by his generosity and become generous people. You may have to look practically at some things in your life throughout the series as well as we learn the principles that he has. But we wanna grow to be the generous people that God has called us to be because we serve a great and generous God. We're gonna look at his generosity right now as we look at the cross. We take communion, the Lord's Supper, every week. And the reason is this, so that we remember his generosity towards us, that we look first to him before we try to be anything else. And as we grasp his grace and his mercy and his goodness towards us, then we're able to grow to be the people that he's called us to be. So before we think about, okay, how can I give generously? Uh, How can I be more generous in my life? First, think of God's generosity towards you. Come, we practically take bread, we take juice, Come to the tables as the band plays. Um, But it's really about thinking about God's generosity towards you. Let's go. Let's go into this response time. Let's look to Jesus. Jesus, you went to the cross for us. The only reason we can think of singing or saying, I surrender all, is because, Jesus, you went first. You sacrificed all. You came down from your heavenly throne, walked this earth, lived a perfect life, and then died a perfect death for us. You have taken all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of our sin on yourself on that cross. Oh, Jesus, help us to grasp the greatness, the depth of your grace and your mercy that you have lavished on us. Oh, God, our heavenly Father, you have blessed us richly, not only spiritually but you have blessed us to be an educated people you've blessed us to to have some means in this world even if it seems so meager to us jesus we have freedom to come to worship to grow in you and so jesus we just want to grasp your great generosity greater in our hearts in this moment jesus help us to grasp you we come we surrender to you where we struggle help us to grow Help us to see you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Come to the tables, worship as you feel led. Um, There are people who can pray for you if you're struggling in any of these areas. They'd love to pray for you during this time. Let's just come and respond to God's generosity towards us.